Speaking for Pastor Henry Harder and the Renewal Singers, I welcome you to another broadcast of What's New. I'm Ed Peters. We continue today with our study in the Book of Romans. We will be moving on to chapter 1 and looking at the opening verse of this chapter. In this opening chapter, we have the introduction, the missionary motive of the great apostle, the definition of the gospel, and the condition of man in sin, which necessitates the gospel. This chapter furnishes the tempo for the entire epistle. The book of Romans teaches the total depravity of man. Man is irrevocably and hopelessly lost. He must have the righteousness of God since he has none of his own. It is interesting to note that this great document of Christian doctrine which was addressed to the church at Rome to keep it from heresy, did not accomplish its purpose. The Roman church moved the farthest from the faith which is set forth in the epistle to the Romans. It is an illustration of the truth of the epistle that man does not understand nor does he seek after God. Verses 16 and 17 of this first chapter have long been recognized as the key to the epistle. These two verses should be memorized and digested, and they read as follows. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is God's powerful method of bringing all who believe it to heaven. This message was preached first to the Jews alone, but now everyone is invited to come to God in the same way. This good news tells us that God makes us ready for heaven, makes us right in God's sight when we put our faith and trust in Christ to save us. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scripture says it, the man who finds life will find it through trusting God. We've got good news to tell. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We've got good news to tell. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We've got good news to tell. Everybody listen well. For this tiny day who's born today is going to change the world. We've got good news. Good news, we've got good news. Yes, we've got good news. Good news, we've got good news. We've got the stars shining high. Lighting up the heavens, what a glorious sight Then all at once there were angels all around And the night was filled with a joyous sound We've got good news to tell We've got good news to tell We've got good news to tell Everybody listen well for this tiny baby who's born today is going to change the world. We've got good news. Good news. We've got good news. Yes, we've got good news. Good news. We've got good news. We've oh, they came from the fields and the hills far away. Just to see the baby asleep on the hay. They were filled with joy when they saw the tiny king. And they all went out with a song to sing. We've got good news to tell. We've got good news. 
news to tell. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We've got good news to tell. Everybody listen well. For this tiny baby who's born today is going to change the world. We've got good news to tell. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We've got good news to tell. Glory, glory, hallelujah. We've got good news to tell. Everybody listen well. For this tiny baby born today will change the whole wide world. Good news, good news, good news. Now we come to the opening verse of chapter 1, and here's the way Paul begins this letter to the church in Rome. Dear friends, in Rome, this letter is from Paul, Jesus Christ's slave chosen to be a missionary and sent out to preach God's good news. Paul introduces himself to the Romans in the very beginning as a slave of the Lord Jesus Christ. He took this position willingly. The Lord Jesus Christ loved us and gave himself for us, but he never makes us his slave. You must come voluntarily to him and make yourself his slave. He will never force you to serve him. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. There is no predicting what might happen when people begin to study the Bible, especially Paul's letter to the Romans. This letter has changed the lives of countless people throughout history. God used this letter, particularly the words in chapter 13, verses 13 and 14, in the conversion of Augustine professor of rhetoric in the University of Milan in the summer of A.D. 386. It was the words of Romans 1.17 that changed the life of Martin Luther. He read, The righteous shall live by faith. Those words became the gateway for Luther into heaven, as he put it. That was in August, A.D. 1513. Still later, on May 24, 1738, John Wesley was listening to a man reading the first few verses of Romans and commenting on the change which God brings about in the individual's heart when he places his faith in Christ. John Wesley wrote, An assurance was given me that he had taken my sins away, even mine, and saved me from the law of sin and death. John Wesley became the spark that kindled the great 18th century revival. What will this study of the Book of Romans do for you? I pray that the Holy Spirit will use it in every listener for some that they will be led to receive Christ by God's grace through faith. And others who have received him may be led into a deeper understanding and appreciation of God's grace. I want to simply be a channel through which God's message from Romans can flow into the lives of those who listen, either by radio or cassette in this country or elsewhere. The message of Romans, like every part of the Bible, has always been relevant and contemporary. But it seems to be especially so in view of current world issues and debates. The face of our world is changing. In religion, we see the rise of Islamic fundamentalism on the one hand with its emphasis on fundamentals and the rise of secular humanism on the other with its emphasis on human freedom. That's one point that Paul's words to the Romans speak eloquently to. 
Also facing our world is the growing threat of the nuclear holocaust. In the wake of that fear, the message of Romans needs to be heard. In view of the continuing problems in the Middle East, we need to listen again to Paul's words in this book. We need to hear from God because of the growing division over the abortion issue. Man just isn't wise enough to settle that issue unaided. A fresh word from God is needed in the face of such world tensions. A contemporary look at this book called Romans will give us fresh and new insights so sorely needed in our world today. This book speaks to those current issues and many others as well. So we begin with the opening verse as Paul writes to the Christians at Rome. Here it is. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The word servant is slave. A slave is a person who is owned by another. A slave is completely at his master's disposal. Paul was a slave of Jesus Christ. He was totally committed to him. He had bound himself to his master. That picture was taken from the Old Testament. The Old Testament picture of a slave is one who binds himself to his master. Paul begins this book with that statement, I am a slave of Jesus Christ. Furthermore, Paul said, I am set apart for the gospel of God. Actually, he writes to the churches in Galatia that God had set him apart from his mother's womb. Evidently, Paul believed that personhood begins before birth, not after birth. He was a person already in his mother's womb when God separated him or set him apart. These two phrases in verse 1 tell us something about Paul and about God. Paul had bound himself to his master like a slave, but God had separated him for the gospel. While the first action was decisively human, the second was decisively divine. The final point I want to make from this verse in Romans chapter 1 concerns the English word gospel. It is the Greek word euangelion from which we get evangel. The first part of that word euangelion, the EU, is a prefix that means good or well. The second part, angelion, you can hear the word angel, means message. That's the word for gospel. The gospel was the good news, a happy message or word from God. The message for which Paul had been set apart was joyful news. It was the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. His death was really joyful news because he died in your place and mine. And his resurrection was joyful news because death couldn't hold him. Sin's greatest wage, death, was defeated by Christ, and that guarantees all of us who possess his life by believing in him that same victory. That's a great verse with which to begin this book. Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God.
What's New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Shafter, California, 93263, USA.